Well, we want to keep our uh, focus on prayer this week. I know I've been, you know, kind of camping in this area, but to me, it's such a, it's such a significant core value of who we are. Prayer is so important to who we are as believers, who we are as a community, and in this church. And we believe that God hears our prayers, that God listens to us, that God has a relationship with us, and that our prayers are powerful, and that prayers change things. We, uh, we just got back from uh, a bunch of us, uh, just got back from uh, Corona, New Mexico, which is the heart of, near the heart of New Mexico. And, um, and in Corona, New Mexico, they had a prayer at the heart of New Mexico where um, Christians from all over came together to pray for this state. And um, it, was a, it was a wonderful time. It was, it saw many uh, people from New Life City there. I'm very thankful that you guys participated. Um, you know, if you think about all the tens or hundreds of thousands of Christians that are in New Mexico, we got 300. And a, a few of them were us, so. <laughs> but, uh, so but prayer is, is a powerful thing. Of course, our, our, our primary core value that I talked about last series is the presence of God. We believe in the presence of God. We believe that it's tangible, that it's accessible, and that his presence is with you, that you were made for the Lord, that you, have a, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit of God lives within you, as the Apostle Paul has said. So last week, I talked about how uh, prayer, praying in the Spirit, and how praying in the Spirit is so important. Now, we talked about two ways to pray in the Spirit, praying with or by the Spirit, where he leads and guides you in your prayers. And then there's also through the gift of speaking in tongues, which the Apostle Paul talks about in Corinthians. Uh, and you could, you could pray either or both of those ways. If you have the gift of tongues, great. If not, that's okay. I heard later that someone came up to uh, our founding pastor, Pastor Allen, and said, was Paul saying that you can only pray in the Spirit because if you speak in tongues, and he said, no, he was saying the opposite of that. So yes, please, no, you can pray by the leading of the Spirit, and it will radically change your prayer life. I've already been hearing some testimonies about that. And, um, and so it is so important that we use one of the greatest uh, persons in our life, the person of the Holy Spirit, who is God. When we accept Christ, we receive the Spirit of Christ. So that means the Spirit of Christ dwells within us. The Holy Spirit can lead us and guide us. And so Definitely include the Holy Spirit when you're praying um, and, and allow him to guide your prayers. And today I want to talk about uh, how prayer maintains a soft heart towards God. And when you continue to be in prayer, your heart will continue to be soft towards him because prayer keeps his lordship and friendship first in our life. Our, our text today is going to be from John 12, 32 uh, through 41. And I want to credit um, a good uh, friend of mine. Well, he's, he, he goes to this church. They, uh, they stream online. They live in Santa Fe. Uh, Carol and Tom Agison or Agison. I, I, might, I probably said that wrong. Apologize. Um, but he, he, uh, he, he asked me a, a few questions, and we got into this discussion, uh, and it was concerning this scripture. So uh, we'll read it, and then we'll go from there. John 12, 32, it says this, and I, this is Jesus speaking, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. Now he said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. It's ironically, um, 
you know, with the songs that we sing, be lifted up, be lifted higher, you know, those are great songs. But if you take the term from what Jesus was talking about, it's really talking about crucifying him. Because it says, and he said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So the crowd answered him, we have heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. How can you say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? So Jesus said to them, the light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. I'm gonna repeat that. The light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest the darkness overtake you. The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. And while you have the light, believe in the light. I'm gonna repeat that. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of the light. When Jesus had said these things, he departed and hid himself from them. Though he had done so many signs before them, they still did not believe in him. I'm gonna repeat that. Though they had done so many signs before them, they still did not believe in him. And so that the words spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Lord who, has Lord, who has believed what he heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore, could not, they could not believe. For again, Isaiah said, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, lest they see with their eyes and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. Isaiah said these things because he saw his glory and spoke of him. There's so much to unpack here in this scripture verse, in this section of scripture. Obviously, we have Jesus uh, prophesying of his death and resurrection. We have uh, him talking about being in the light, and he's talking to the Jewish people of that day, and Jesus is present with them, and he's saying, look, I'm here before you. If you can believe in this light, you can walk in this light, and even though he affirmed these things with his signs and wonders, they still did not believe. And, and, and one of the sections I wanna talk about first is um, the hardening of their heart. Now, the hardening of their heart is um, a term that has shown up 14 times in Scripture, 15 if you count the reference that John is quoting Isaiah, um, that of hardening of heart. What does that mean? Why would God harden anyone's heart? It just doesn't seem like a just thing to do. It doesn't seem fair. And, uh, and some of you might read that and go, this is just, this doesn't seem like the God that I believe in, that he would purposely harden people's hearts. Now, when we, when we look at this section of scripture, um, we find that hardening of heart is mentioned uh, in the first time uh, when it, in regards to Pharaoh. How many know the story of Pharaoh and the Israelites who are enslaved in Egypt? Good. I'm going to summarize it for you for those who haven't read your Bibles yet. Uh, uh, they're enslaved in Egypt, and Moses is raised up, and God tells him to go and, and tell Pharaoh, let my people go, and Pharaoh uh, uh, refuses, and there's signs, and, and, he, and, he, and, and sometimes in, in the scripture it will say, and God hardened his heart. And other times it will say that Pharaoh hardened his heart. It's very, very significant when we read this in the Hebrew because when you're reading it in the, um, when you're reading it in the uh, Hebrew, uh, when you're reading it in the English, 
that word hardened really isn't a, an appropriate or best word to describe it. Actually, there is no English word that best describes what is happening here. Um, and, and basically, the uh, literal translation would be God strengthened his heart. And what does that mean, he strengthened his heart? Well, basically, he recognizes that, listen, Pharaoh was a mean person. He did not love the Lord. He was mean to the Israelites. He was torturing the Israelites. Remember, he's enslaving the Israelites. He, what, what strengthening their heart means, God had, God had allowed, I'm just gonna say that, I'm just, I wanna read. God simply strengthened their hearts to do what they were desiring to do. And when they participated, and they participated in their own hardening. See, when you draw away from God, your heart becomes hard towards him. The closer you get to God, the softer your heart gets, gets towards him. And the, uh, the, the verb that's used in strengthening the heart here shows that there is a cooperation between God allowing their heart to be hardened and them wanting their heart to be hardened. He's like, if they choose not to believe, they won't believe. It's not in regards to personal salvation. And this is where we need to get this straight. God doesn't harden your heart so that you cannot be saved. He's allowing people to have their hearts hardened. I, uh, I read, uh, I, read, I um, watched uh, uh, Bill Johnson's sermon this past weekend. Uh, it, please pray for the Johnson family, Pastor Bill uh, and, his, and his family in the church. They had lost uh, his, his wife to uh, a cancer uh, battle. And, um, and, and it, was a, it was, you know, there were some victories during that, that journey that she was on, and, but ultimately they, they lost that battle. And, um, and here you have Pastor Bill, who, um, you know, is a person who believes in healing, who've seen so much healing. His own father passed away with cancer, and now his wife and I wouldn't expect any pastor or any minister to have to minister three days after your wife passes away, but he did. And, uh, and he did to, to preach a message about how to walk through this suffering. And he, and he did it with tears, and he only preached one, even though they have like five services, because he just wanted to be with the church family during that time. But here's a couple quotes that I, I wanna share with you from uh, Bill Johnson uh, from this past Sunday. And again, I encourage you to, read, to watch it yourself. But he said this, the backslider in heart will always judge God by what he didn't do. But those who run with tenderness for who he is will always define him by what he has said, what he has promised, and what he has done. Here's another quote. If I praise him without surrender, then I am just making a business deal. I will do this for you, and you do this for me. Two more. My friendship with God can only go as far as the depth of his lordship in my life. And this is why prayer is so important in your life. So that you continue the relationship of friendship with God and lordship in, in your life so that you can have and continue to have a soft and tender heart towards God. And here's his last one. Mourning can lead you to comfort or it can lead you to unbelief. 
And our choice to be towards comfort, our choice to be towards God and not necessarily blame him for things that are happening, but actually drawing closer in times of mystery is so important. And that happens when your prayer life is strong with the Lord. I think it was C.S. Lewis who said, you know, God whispers when things are going good and he's screaming while you're going through bad things. You know, it's like, you, 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 what happened? Okay, um, this stage is amazing, hey? By the way, it's just, uh, I'm glad, I don't have to stare at it, so my eyes are, are great, so. Bless you guys. Next week we'll be back to normal, but it's for the children. But, you know, it's when we're going through these hard times that we need to draw close to the Lord and listen to him. And this is so imperative in our life. See, doing things in the dark will always mislead you. They will, it'll actually think that you're doing right things. When you're in the dark, when you're far away from God, being in the dark is, a, is an example of being in sin or maybe just not having God active in your life. You're not actually communing with him. And so you're, you're basically in the dark and you're doing things thinking that they're done the right way, but they're absolutely a mess. And we've all experienced this. I've done this. Getting dressed in the dark. Have you ever done that? You think, I've, I've dressed myself since I was, I don't know, 15. And... Uh, <laughs> I'm a mama's boy, all right? No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I've been dressing myself for most of my life. I know how to do it. Clothes ha haven't changed that much. You know, everyone puts their pants on one leg at a time kind of thing. But, you know, so you, you figure, I got this down. And, and so we're dressing in the dark. And I actually did this this morning because, uh, unfortunately, Ruth is not feeling well. Um, and she uh, and, and some of the kids. And so we decided to... Um, keep them home, and so keep them in your prayers, please. But um, so I tried to be a good husband and not wake her, and I'm and and I came here early this morning, and so I'm I'm actually getting dressed in the dark, and um, and here I turn on, I, I go out. Actually, I, I failed by the way at not waking my wife up. I'm horrible at it. Um, but I, I go out to the family room in the kitchen, and I turn the light on, and I find my buttons are are off. See, I don't realize that I actually stand in front of the mirror with the lights on while I button my shirt. Not only that, but my collar was up. And I looked kind of funny. My hair was a mess. I had to, I had to, I just, right like that. And then it was okay. But at first I thought they were. What's so weird about this is that you think you're doing the right thing. You think, oh yeah, this is great. And they realize that you're in the dark. You're away from God. You're not in prayer. You're not in communion. Here's one. Um, pin the tail on the donkey. You know, you put on the things, you get turned around, you, you, you start going. If you're not cheating, because some people try to look up there. But, you know, you put it in, you're pretty sure. And you, you take it off, you're way off. You're six feet off. Right? This is because being in the light, walking in the light, being in truth, being with the one who is truth, Jesus, is what keeps us guided. It is what keeps us, he is what keeps us straight, and it's through going, uh, going towards him, not away from him. I mean, I couldn't imagine any woman even in here putting their makeup on if it's dark. They only do it in the light, even while they're driving. They'll do it while they're driving. 
but it's in the light. I would like to see the experiment of doing it in the dark. Lighting is so important to putting on makeup that they have you know, those vanities with like 10, 15 light bulbs around them because it's just so important, I guess, in shading. Not that I have a history of this, I just, I change the light bulbs a lot, you know? And, and oftentimes when we're in the dark, we, we misuse the tools that we're given. We don't use them for his glory. We don't use them to bring light to the world. We use them for our own self-gratification or we might, we might leave those tools dormant. I, I, I have a few pictures of, 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 of us uh, at times, uh, people at times, having all the tools they need but they just don't know how to use them. Uh, uh, why don't we show this first picture here? This is very, look at this man. Look what he's doing. He's blocking the sun with his hand while he has sunglasses on his shirt and his hat is backwards. Ideally, this might be an example of how we have everything at our fingertips, the word of God, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit with us, and we allow our hearts to either get hard or turn away from him. How about this next picture? These, I, I just, these are just for fun, guys. This, this, if you can see this. Now, if you can see this, this guy, his sunglasses are on the back of his hat. They're right there. He probably paid a lot of money for them. And his hat's backwards. And then, this is a funny one, I just, for this guy. If someone could have invented something to put on your head to block the sun from your eyes. It's just amazing. Notice how all these photos are pictures of men. Just wanna say, ladies are way better at doing the obvious and uh, guys just, we, we need, that's why we need a wife, you know? First John 1, 7. But if we walk, I didn't give this to the guys in the projector, I apologize, but it is in your Bibles if you wanna look. There's paper Bibles, there's digital Bibles. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. This is a, a reflection of an active prayer life. Walking in the light of our Lord. And one of the greatest fruits of walking in the light, one, are the forgiveness of sins. Two, it's the unity in community. It's being able to see our brothers and sisters and not try to classify us to divide us but actually lowering our views politically, maybe lowering our, uh, or suspending our judgments on people and how they dress and what they believe doctrinally and coming together because you're joining the light of Christ. 
in, in, John, in the beginning of John, I don't have, I don't, I don't have the scripture here, but I, but I know it talks about how um, that light shines in the darkness and the darkness could not comprehend it in John 1, speaking of Jesus. It's like where the light is, darkness cannot be. You know, darkness isn't something you can project on something. Darkness, the only root of darkness is the absence of light. It's the absence of God in your life. And a lot of people will try to bring their problems back to like a root issue or a root cause. If I never went through this in my life, if I never had to go through this uh, hardship, if, if this person didn't wrong me this way, if, 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 if I was born in this family, if, 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 and they, they try to root it all back to that. And yeah, those might have been times of darkness that were unjustified and no person should ever have to go through them. But even so, the light is still available to you now. And to get over that dark time, receive the light in your life. Walk in it. Draw close to him to keep your heart soft towards God. Pray to keep your heart soft towards God. What is prayer? Prayer is communion with him. It's not just saying petitionary prayers to him. It's not just saying requests to him, but it's actually listening to him and receiving from him because prayer is so essential to keeping your heart soft towards the Lord, especially while going through difficulty. Thank you for the baby amens. I love them. You know, babies in a church is a good thing, guys. I have, I have five of them, so I can't, I, can't, uh, I can't not love that noise. And it's okay, all right? So walking in the light as he is in the light and having an active prayer life. Now, I wanna encourage you that your prayer life does not necessarily need to be um, your five minutes in the car, although that's great or your 10 minutes in the shower, although that's great. Or, but, or even as you're doing the dishes, you know, the, uh, Brother Lawrence talks about daily prayer um, at, while doing the dishes. That is an amazing prayer life. But I also wanna encourage you to set aside time every day to have with the Lord. If you just block out your, your life every day and you just say, okay, um, what do I do between the hours of eight and 10? What do I do between the hours of 10 and 12? What do I do in between the hours of 12 and two and, 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 and two and four and, and, and then uh, four and six and, and so on? And you, and you look at these blocks of time and, you, and you, all of a sudden you will see gaps because there are so much time where we actually are just wasting it. Listen, there's something in your life that you have that, that you can't get more of you can't, no, you can't get less of, you can't buy it, you can't, you know, it's priceless. It's, it's, it's the one thing God's giving you that is more valuable than anything in the world, and that's your time. You have a set amount of time in this life. And when you choose to spend your time with the Lord, you're actually saying, God, I'm giving you the most precious time of my life. I'm giving you something that's, that I can spend on you. And this time together builds communion with God. Now, you might set a time, and, and I just encourage you to just set some goals. You might say, okay, I'm gonna pray 30 minutes a day. I'm not gonna sleep. I'm gonna, if you lay on your bed and fall asleep, that doesn't count. 
God's not upset at you. I just wouldn't count it, okay? You can wake up, oh God, I'm sorry, whatever. But you know, if it's 30 minutes, whether it's laying on your bed or kneeling by your bedside or um, pacing, my, my grandfather would pray, pacing the hall. Um, you know, whatever it is, set that time for 30 minutes. Now, you might feel that there was only five quality minutes of prayer time in that 30 minute session. But that should not discourage you into shortening your prayer time. Keep your prayer time at 30 minutes because you're building a muscle. You're building this communion with God. That five minutes of quality time during that 30 minutes will soon go to 10 minutes of quality time. And then 15 minutes of quality time. And then 30 minutes of quality time. And it'll catch up and then you'll find out, you know, I want a little bit more time. And God challenges me all the time because, you know, if, if I have to catch a flight in the morning, God help me, I, I, I try to get, get the early morning flight because that's the last flight that will be delayed because it's the first one, which is like at six. You gotta be there at five, you know, or 6.30, gotta be there at 5.30. Gotta, gotta wake up at 4.30 to get ready, then go park and, and then hit, get the plane. And, and it's amazing how I'll set my alarm, but my brain knows I need to get up early. And I'll, that alarm goes off, I pop up, I get ready. It's not, it's not hard for me for that moment. Yet, if I ever like have this question like to get up at five to pray, I'm like, oh, that's way too early. <laughs> Can't do that. Am I the only one? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're a doctor, you don't count. You you work all weird hours. But I wanna encourage you guys, brothers and sisters, my, my family here, that um, for what God's going to do in this move of God, this revival, what's coming, what I believe is coming, the prophecies over the state, over the city, we're gonna need to keep our hearts soft towards the Lord so that when offense arises, we don't draw away, we, get, we draw closer so that we can stay walking in the light as he is in the light. Why don't you stand? <sighs> Many of us grew up singing the song, This Little Light of Mine. I'm gonna let it shine. It's a song that is a nice children's melody, but it reigns so true because the light, as you become closer to the light, you can't help but glow. You can't help but shine. You can't help but telling people how good God is. I always know how close someone's to the Lord in times, even if they're going through difficulty because they'll say and they'll state the facts of their life. And then they'll say, but I know God's good. I know how good he is. So I wanna pray with you guys that God would keep our hearts soft towards him, that he would draw us closer to him, and that we would maintain this prayer life. So feel free to close your eyes, bow your heads, I promise your purses won't get stolen. We're just... God, I just thank you that 
we have the privilege of communing with you, that we have the privilege of being with you. Lord, I thank you that we can have a soft heart towards you as we draw closer to you. Lord, would you help us in having a spiritual discipline for prayer? Would you help us in having a spiritual discipline to commune with you? And Lord, would you take the calluses off our heart that have built up through disappointment and offense? And would you make our heart tender towards you again? Holy Spirit, I ask that you would draw us by your spirit into a place of true intimacy with you. And Lord, may the light of the Lord so fill us that we can't help but shine it on others. That our, as, as fathers, as husbands, as brothers, we would, people would see a difference in our life because of the light of Christ. Our family would see a difference in our life. Lord, as mothers and daughters and sisters and aunts, uncles, all those, but Lord, that our family would see your light flowing through us. And Lord, every time we're starting to fade away, Holy Spirit, remind us, encourage us to turn our affections back towards you. In Jesus' name, amen. And I wanna invite you guys, yeah, give it up for the Lord. Come on, thank you, Jesus. We're a church that believes in the power of prayer, and so we'll, we'll, I just want to invite people who are prayer ministers to come up, and we'll pray with you if you're going through something, and you just want someone to stand with you, to pray something through with you, a healing in your body, financial situation, relational situation. It's not going to be a counseling session. That, that you can call the church for, but this is where you're just standing together to pray, okay? So uh, come forward if you would like prayer. If not, have a wonderful week. We will see you guys uh, next week. I can't wait. Blessings to you. Bye.